Hi there. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Taste with Sherry, where we're saving the earth one flavor at a time by gathering community to share wisdom around the natural connections between our innate sense of taste and flavors that are grown in healthy, regenerative soils. Welcome. Welcome to Let's Talk Taste with Sherry. Today, I wanted to bring on my friend, Ron Ben-Joseph. He is actually a very integral part of this podcast. He's my rock. He's what keeps me going. Um, you know, is really helping me make sure that this uh, this podcast stays in alignment with what I know that I want. Um, so I brought Ron on today because I really wanted to kind of share my journey with you. And I didn't just want to sit here and be like, blah, blah, blah. This is Sherry, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I wanted this to be more interactive. And um, so I've asked him to come on and interview me so that you can kind of follow the journey as to how, um, how this podcast came to be, what my experience has been, and why I have gotten to this place where I feel like it's important that we um, kind of explain and share with the world why flavor is a remedy to so many things. So I am going to hand the mic over to Ron and um, let him do his thing and we'll see what happens. Thank you, Thanks Sherry. For Thanks for having me. I um I hope my the I hope my daughter doesn't make too much noise here or picks it up. But she's in the next room. But uh, she's safe. It's okay. Like she's she's safe. It's, she's good. She's got yeah, her yogurt. She, she got her yogurt. She got water. She's okay. So <laughs> thank you. But it's it's natural yogurt. It's good. Um, so like Sherry, this is awesome. I love origin tales. So we're doing kind of like an origin tale today of like how you came to discover the things that you discovered and where like you saw the big issues in life. So like walk me through was with the flavor remedy, like were you always obsessed with food and flavor and spices and all those things throughout your career? Or like, where does it start? Like, when did that moment start where you're like, yo, this is my life's work. This is my passion. And like, I got to do something about it. Like, when did that start? Yeah, it's so funny because I think about that and I'm always like, <sighs> the origins for me were like different seeds planted along my lifeline. It was never like this obvious thing. I didn't like grow up wanting to be a chef. I mean, when I was a child, I didn't even know that chefs weren't even thing. Like I grew up in rural New Jersey, right? But the one thing I did do around food since I was a child was garden. My dad was a farmer. So gardening was what we did every year. We always had like, you know, the canned vegetables in the house and all the things that as a child, you don't really appreciate. You're kind of like, oh God, stewed tomatoes again, right? Like that kind of thing. Um, but gardening was the one thing that was always there. The, as far as like my long-term or, or how I got to this place where I realized that food has been a thread in my whole life and has been this passion. You know, I can think back to little moments in time. Um, and one of which was um, actually like my, my son who's 18 now was really young and I was just starting to go back into the workforce and I wanted to get a job just to kind of, you know, kind of get out of being a full-time mom and, and I had been a waitress, like, so I did the classic waitressing thing out of college until you get a real job, you know, you go and you waitress. Um, and 
you know, that evil voice in the back of my head was always going, get a real job, get a real job, get a real job. But I loved my waitressing job. I loved being in the restaurant. I loved, you know, meeting the people, experiencing the people and serving good food, like seeing their response. So moving ahead to when I decided to go back to work, I was like, you know what? There was this brand new restaurant, excuse me, opening right up the street from me. I lived kind of in rural Pennsylvania at this point. And um, they were opening up this Philadelphia style restaurant, right? So it's going to be this high end restaurant in kind of country land, but everybody was excited about it. And the chef was so good. He was just one of those chefs that knew what he was doing. He had an artistic mind. He had this creative flair with flavor, passionate. Everyone in the kitchen that worked there was just very passionate about what they were doing and excited about this new restaurant, of course. And I just remember sitting in the, in the dining room one day, and I don't even know why I was in this contemplative place, but there was a moment where I realized that when you eat, it's really the only time that you experience all five of your senses at one time. And I remember that clear as day being like, holy crap, like, I never thought about that before. You know, like, all of your senses are engaged when you're eating, you know, you're, you're hearing, you're seeing, you're tasting, you're smelling, you're, you know, you're touching, you've got texture, you've got everything going on. So when I think back, I remember that moment. And I remember being like, wow, that that's got to mean something, right? Or it's at least this one of the most experiential moments of your life. And, and you're lucky enough to be able to experience that, you know, three times a day if you're eating three meals a day. So, you know, that was part of it. And ultimately, I, I managed that restaurant for a short time. And um, I'm still friends with the chef, like, there's, there's so much about that moment, right, that, that I think back to. Um, aren't those, aren't those moments so, like, they're like a blessing and a curse, right? Because you're like, you, 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 you come up against it where you're like, oh, my God, this is so valuable to me. And this is so right. important to me that there's this experience where you can have all five senses. Holy cow. I have to, like everything from this point on would be less. Right. If I'm not involved <laughs> with the five senses somehow, I'm just tying this to the work that we've done that I know that you're all about with the five senses. Like, oh, yeah. Like at that point, you're like, this is the only heightened experience that could engage me full time. Yeah. But then how do you go then? So then I. Like, how do you go from that to being like fully immersed in that world? Right. Right. Like, do you jump to culinary school? Do you like work? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Well, um, so that was when we were living in Pennsylvania. And then within a few years, we, I, I moved to Colorado and I did, I went to culinary school and I, and I specifically looked for a culinary school that, um, was local organic focused right small classes very intimate setting a lot of kitchen experience so the whole idea behind it was that it was really supporting um, local organic movement little did i know when i got to that school they were transitioning over to more of a like classic french culinary school which is fine a lot of good techniques that you learn you know from that aspect but but my drive and my reason for being there was because it was the local organic movement, right? So, you know, my journey with food then became even more 
kind of complex once I got to Colorado because um, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling well. And I was working with a personal trainer. I was trying to get healthy. I was trying to lose weight. I was trying to do all these things that something was just not right in my body. And um, through that process, I started to discover what was happening to our food and why my body wasn't feeling well. So I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and was fortunate enough to be able to work with nutritionists and a a team of doctors and a neurologist that, um, that diagnosed me very early on with uh, Hashimoto's, which is thyroid disease. Lots of women have this, right? A lot of us have gone through this because of I'm convinced what has happened to our food. Um, so this journey, right, made brought this heightened awareness and a lot of personal research. I am a total curiosity learning like addict. I need to be learning all the time. So my curiosity is always peaked and I'm always wanting to learn. So I, you know, dove into why, why is this happening? How, why are so many people getting these issues? Um, and really understanding, you know, at the same time, reading my pollen books, right? Understanding how our food system has changed and um, a lot of things that, you know, when you're sick and you don't feel well and you're like, oh my God, I had no idea this was happening to our food. I mean, when we lived in Pennsylvania, we had three acres of land and we literally, we had thistles that were like six feet high growing in our yard. So spraying Roundup over top of where our water, our well source was, it was just what you did. Oh my God, right? No wonder I only ever had one kid. <laughs> like it's just, but you just don't know, right? When you know better, you do better. But we didn't know. So there's just all of these things that I look back on and I'm like, you know, it's, it infuriates you when you're sick and you don't feel well and you, and then you realize what has been happening and all the possible ramifications of how food has been manipulated and, and changed. And at the same time, we've got this rising of processed foods, right? So right as our food is, our, our grown food is being kind of deteriorating, there's this rise of process, easy, convenient foods, right? Um, all fitting along, right, with our lifestyles. And so it's kind of, it's kind of like insult to injury, right? So you, yeah. you, so I could see where in the moment, you're probably devastated. We, we look back now and go, Oh, that's, that's such a cool way of, like, um, you know, had you had you graduated from culinary school and then just gone straight full time, worked in the kitchen, like it would have been a very different story. And again, it's like, in the moment, you're like, you're, you're not feeling well, um, and there's this rise of uh, processed foods. So it seems like the very thing that you went into, like the, 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 the mission that you had at that point to work like farm to table, all that stuff, that and your health on top of it becomes not possible, right? So are you just devastated at that point? Like, how do you rebuild from there and get closer to the mission that you have today of like saving the world through flavor? Like, how, how do we, because like, I bet it's devastating. You're like, I just... I just flip and like studied, like I want to go work. And that's exactly and get... what, that's exactly how it was. So my, my diagnosis, my diagnosis actually came right after culinary school. 
so right after I had been like my favorite things in culinary school were making my my own homemade pasta and bread. Like I bought a pasta machine and like those were my favorite things to make, right? Well, the one thing that flares up my autoimmune more than anything is gluten, right? So I've been gluten-free ever since this diagnosis. But that's exactly what it was. And I was like, I, I explained it. I remember when the nutritionist told me, you know, like we kind of had to go through this elimination diet process. And I remember when she told me like all the things that I couldn't eat, because in the beginning, when you're really trying to narrow down what's affecting your body and triggering your, your immune system, you're eliminating all the possible things, right? And I remember <laughs> saying to her, I feel like an artist that just had her primary color paints removed from her palette. Like, how am I going to paint a masterpiece? In other words, cook a, cook a beautiful meal for my family without the primary colors of red, blue, and yellow, right? Like, because it took all of my main ingredients, it felt like, right, in the moment. Now that's completely, like, I'm like, there's so many other options, right? But that's what it felt like. Like, I just had this, like, everything that I wanted to create had just been stripped out of my toolbox, right? Um, so it was devastating. And back then, there wasn't as many gluten-free options as there is now. This, this is huge. Work. Oh my God, I'm so happy right now. This is huge. Um, I, I was on a diet. I've been battling weight issues for my whole life. And I was on a diet up until about almost three years ago now, I guess, two years ago. I don't know. It was recent. Like two, two or three years ago where I decided to go dairy-free, gluten-free. And I have not looked back. Like, But it sounds devastating to people. People are like, what do you eat? Like, can water, you know, and it's like, I didn't know flavor. I didn't know joy until I moved to dairy-free, gluten-free because those, both those things were hurting me, hurting me. Right. And so now I'm like, oh, I, I enjoy food for the first time. You know, I, we went to Chipotle yesterday after, because of COVID, like I, I just, I lost my flavor for eating, a, a, like eating at like fast food restaurants. So but we were, my daughter and I were somewhere, we went to Chipotle. I couldn't, it was so salty and it completely obliterated the flavor of the vegetables of the meat and all that stuff. So it's just so funny. Like what you're saying, it's like, it's like that, like the, the feeling like the, your primary colors have been ripped away. That's, that's the, dare I say the banana man talking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. That's society telling you, you need all these things that yeah. your body clearly doesn't need, but right. So how did you, so it was that the beginning Ah. <laughs> Sarah, what did you want to say? Well, there's so much to that, right? Because what you're just talking about, right? That's society telling you what you're supposed to eat. And this is this is another another driving passion behind why I'm doing this is because we're so used to listening to whatever other people need to tell us that we need to eat, right? And this this is another aha moment in, in my journey of flavor being the remedy is that when we eat not only is it all five senses at once, it is, it is the experience of tasting something is the only sense that requires a choice. You see things without having to choose. You hear things without having to choose. You feel temperature in the room without having to choose. You can, you know, smell things in, you know, my dog just left the room. <laughs> you know, like you can, all those things you don't have to think about. But when you're deciding to put a flavor in your mouth, you're making a conscious choice. You have to make a choice. And when you have to engage your brain 
and the wisdom and the knowledge that you think you have to listen to, all of a sudden you disconnect from your body. All of a sudden you, you d- disconnect from the, the wisdom of who you are and how flavors and food sits with you. And you go straight to what is the current diet trend? You talked, you said you've been dieting, you know, your whole life up until, you know, three years ago or whatever. And like, that's it. We need to let go of this whole diet thing. And we need to trust flavors beyond just our experience of our taste, but it starts on our experience of taste, right? Understanding the categories of flavor that we are supposed to experience and what the nutrition should be behind it. If we just required nutrition to be behind the flavor, and I don't mean like nutrition that doesn't match the flavor either. That's a whole nother conversation, right? Making everything taste like chocolate or a latte just because it's not something you're used to eating. That's a whole different episode. You always talk about the chocolate steak or chocolate Yeah, shake. the chocolate steak syndrome. We'll have a whole episode on that. <laughs> um, you know, and the chocolate steak syndrome is where you get the amount of protein that's in a steak flavored like chocolate. Like, how is that intuitive or like, you know, the way we're built to experience flavor? It makes no sense to me. I mean, it does because of what we're demanding. But on the other hand, I don't know how you learn to trust that flavor, right? So that's why I got so like, ah, you're so right. Because I feel like this experience of flavor that you had, right? And you said you went to Chipotle and everything tasted salty and everything tasted like pretty much like everyone kind of demands that it tastes right now because of where we are in society. You lose the, the nuances of the vegetables, the meat, the seasoning right? If it's over, if it's over flavored with salt, or sugar, those are the two big ones, right? So if we can get back to really recognizing, you know, well, what does this black bean taste like on its own, right? What does this, whatever you're eating, what is this salsa? What are the elements of, you know, the tomatoes and the peppers and the onions and, and, and how is, how does it taste? But then beyond how does it taste? How does my body feel? How does my body feel when I eat these foods? And that's what we're disconnected from, right? We're so, we're so programmed to eat the current trend because my best friend lost 10 pounds doing it. Right. Or, oh my gosh, she had so much success. Oh my goodness, look at, you know, your inflammation is like, and there's legitimacy to all of it as to why people are having success. But if it's just a weight loss thing and it's just a temporary thing, it's not your answer. And that's where I feel like flavor can, understanding flavor and demanding the right flavor can be a game changer. And this is what I, this is one of the many things I love about working with you because it's so like, you are this perfect unicorn, this perfect hybrid of all the different things. You, and you, you, I mean, to be fair, you've still worked in restaurants, right? Like you still yes. had that time. Yes. Um, so like you worked in restaurants, you've, as a manager, you said as a server, as a, as, and you, you interned, right? Like t- tell me a little bit more about that and then I'll, I'll, I'll connect it together. You, yeah. what kind of experience you, you also interned you, like what else did you do in restaurants? Yep. So, you know, I was fortunate to be um, my one of my culinary instructors was actually um, a James Beard Award nominee. 
Um, so had really great training from that aspect. And then, um, you know, I interned at um, an, a James Beard Award winning restaurant here in Denver with um, Jennifer Jasinski at Rioja. Um, I actually worked at two of her restaurants during my internship. I worked at Rioja and then also Euclid Hall, which sadly is a victim of COVID. But um, yeah, and you know, that in combination with the work that I did with, you know, the chefs and side by side managing and, and as a, in that restaurant in Pennsylvania is, you know, you really see a difference. You really see how these chefs can make a difference, um, you know, in the ingredients that they choose and in the preparation, because the, the genius of chefs and why I am excited to bring chefs into this conversation is that they understand how to make flavors, how to make food taste good by combining flavors, right? So when we start to step into, oh my gosh, I need to eat more greens or more salads or more vegetables in general. And you're like, oh, this tastes so bitter to me. First of all, your, your tongue has been programmed to only detect salty and sweet at this point, right? For the most part, when we start to be like, okay, I need to eat more broccoli, but I don't like the taste of this broccoli. A chef can come in and say, okay, you balance the bitter with umami or sweet or salt or, you know, something that can help to balance those flavors. And again, when they're coming with the flavors come with nutrients behind them, not only is it tasting better and more um, palatable, but it's, you're getting balance of nutrition as well. So chances are your body's absorbing it better. So the, it's cool. It's cool to hear the shift in when you talk about this in this, because you're like, so it's, it's just so, um, this is such the solution for you, right? Like, like you're yeah. just like, like, yeah, like if you drink more water, it's good for you. You know what I mean? Like this, you just see the dots, like you, you see the dots connected and you're like this. So, so what's the next stage for you? Like, how have you put this all together? And like, what is, how are you getting this mission out there of like flavor is the remedy flavor is the solution? Like, what are you doing now to, to like put it all together? And, and, and I should say too, I asked a question and I kept talking, I apologize, but it's, hearing this now all together, I'm just like, well, it makes perfect sense that it didn't just, like you would have never just been happy in just the kitchen or just, you know, just as a nutritionist or whatever. Like this is such a perfect hybrid for you going after this mission. How are you putting all together? That's my question. Yes. And you're, you're so right because I've gone down all those roads. I'm like, should I go get my nutrition degree? Should I be a chef? Should I cook for people? Like everybody always had advice for where I should take this. Right. And they usually always coming from like what they wanted me to do for them. Right. I'm like, no, that doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right to teach cooking classes. It doesn't feel right to get my nutrition degree. It doesn't feel right to be a chef and give up my life. Thank you chefs for all you do. Um, you know, it, it, none of it made sense to me. So what makes sense to me? And this is, this is years in the making, right? This is years of me finally being like, okay, what I need to do is gather community around this concept. And it involves my whole life story. And it also involves like lots of different experts in lots of different areas. I was on a regenerative earth summit a couple weeks ago and the people on that earth, that summit are like, you know, native American farmers that understand like how to treat the land. I have chills, how to treat the land with re the respect and the reverence that it deserves. Right. Um, you know, black farmers who have 
the slaves were our farmers, right? So the, the tradition and the knowledge and the wisdom of, of how to take care of the earth, like these are people on the summit, you know, companies, big companies that are doing what they can to source responsibly and to make sure that their farmers are being taken care of. Farmers themselves, like to move from a, a conventional farming to, to, to growing organic and, and keeping things like it is brutal. Like the agricultural chemical industry has put such financial burden and health burden on our farmers and the access to the food that they grow is a whole, it's a whole different story. So for me, it's all about bringing community together, bringing these solutions together that people can, we can all come here. I wanna actually kind of plan a community garden. Part of what I wanna do as, as this podcast, you know, turns into a show, maybe it'll be education. It's definitely gonna be a sharing of resources, right? So people can come, I'll interview them. And, and in the community garden, there will be these seeds planted. These seeds of, sometimes there'll be seeds of wisdom. Sometimes there'll be seeds of, um, you know, maybe a, a discount to a CSA or something, a community supported agriculture. You know, this is the vision that I have is, is this, this landing ground, this fertile ground where we can all come together and talk about how flavor can not only, I mean, healing the earth, but healing the earth means healing us. Like we are a part of the earth, right? We are a part of this big picture of what's happening in our world. And we have to look at ourselves not apart from nature, but as a part of nature, right? So we, we are, we are this, this element of power that can make a big difference, but we have to come together and we have to bring the resources together of all the wise people, right? I'm not the expert here. I have little bits of knowledge and tons of curiosity around how we can get here. But we need the experts to come in, right? We need the people that the, we need to understand what a farmer's experiencing. We need to understand how a flavor, a chef knows flavor. That's, that's something I can easily talk about because that's always been my gift, right? People, some people can pick up a guitar and play it. Like there's nothing to it. I can like go into my kitchen and make things taste good. It's just always been easy for me, but we need all of these people to come together. We need everybody to come in and, and see the connection, right? Like, oh my God, I never thought that my sense of taste even matters, right? Even foodies, nutritionists, people that are trying to help people eat better. And believe me, I'm not taking away from the wisdom of all of the knowledge we have around nutrition, right? Like, don't ask me how many carbs and protein and all that stuff that you should have, because I'm, I'm not that expert, right? I'm not the person, but I'm willing to bring people like that into the community, ask them about how they, how they're helping others and see how this flavor puzzle piece can fit in and benefit not only the nutritionists in the language that they speak, but their clients as well, because we always choose based on flavor, right? All the diets you've been on, what do you reach for? Things that taste good, right? That's that's how they sell you on it, right? They say, oh, it's a diet, but it tastes good. You can still have the things like Weight Watchers. You still have all the things you love, brownies and lasagna and all these things. Yeah, that's where right. they get so, you. So instead of you know teaching us about what flavors we experience and why those flavors matter, 
we keep educating that the only flavor that matters are sweet and salty and, you know, indulgent fats or whatever, right? We just keep, we keep walking this path of leaning into the desirable flavors without looking at it from a different angle. Like if we actually engage in the other flavors that are not like thought of as, as desirable, like bitter and recognize that bitter is actually medicine. And when you embrace it and figure out how to make it taste good and get it into your body, you feel better. Like it's that simple. All the successful diets, usually it's because you're incorporating more bitter flavors into your diet and you just don't even know it. Right. So that's part of it, right. Is this, this reconnection to flavor, why we experience flavor and how our bodies respond to that flavor. Oh my God. That's per- <laughs> Sherry. This is great. Let's like, let's end it here. Cause this is awesome. Okay. Cause I want, I want, cause we don't want to give the goal away just yet. Yeah. People need to stay tuned for how they can start incorporating all those different flavors to live a healthier lifestyle and to like experience the abundance of, of experience of senses in their meals. Sherry, this yeah. is beautiful. All right. Awesome. People need to listen. <laughs> yes. Listen, come and join the conversation. <laughs>